title of our teaching again again hypocrisy in me it's a question and um, the answer as we all know from last week is yes hypocrisy does exist in each of us and we're going to go to the last part of this teaching which was how to correct hypocrisy in us and Father Cantalamesa tells us our victory over hypocrisy will never be a victory at the outset unless we have reached a very high level of perfection we cannot instinctively avoid feeling the desire to appear in a good light to make a good impression and to please others our weapon is the correction of our intentions righteousness intention righteous intention is attained through constant daily correction of our intentions the intention of the will not an inner feeling is what makes the difference in God's eyes it is very significant that Father Cantalamesa tells us that the only way to correct this is daily daily constant seeing the hypocrisy in us living the simple path brings us to an attentiveness of our hearts so that we can correct the intention of our hearts let me give you an example this week i was speaking to a mother of the cross and she was sharing with me her tendency to enter resentment and revenge and act from those emotions very much in the past when her expectations of people are not met and remember that all our disordered tendencies flow from an impure heart so this beautiful mother of the cross and I spoke about this tendency and it's really the exact same thing with all of us we all have a tendency that has to be corrected in our hearts so let's take her example and follow a process of the how-to to correct an intention that is impure in our hearts. So first, this mother of the cross had to be attentive to her heart and docile to see this impurity. And that is why for me in accompaniment 
whenever I hear somebody share the transparency of something impure in them is so beautiful. And if I see the beauty in it, as I shared with you last week, imagine the heart of God. Imagine how pleased God is when we actually see our own hypocrisy and impurity of intentions. The second part of the process is she had to enter silence. She had to deny herself in the gospel it tells us, Jesus tells us, if any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. She had to deny her tendency to react in her resentment and revenge. She had to crucify her desires. St. Paul tells the Galatians in chapter 5, verse 24, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. This process of correcting our own hypocrisy is completely united to the first nail in our path, the purification of our desires. We need to crucify our desires. In number 63, in page 187 of the simple path, the Lord teaches us. He says, the purification of your desires is the first stage of purification in my sacred heart. You begin to move only according to my desires and not yours. You no longer do what you want to do, nor go where you want to go, but now you only go where I take you. You choose to live each day according to what is most difficult, not what is easiest. This will require a greater discipline of your will, greater silence and stillness of soul in me. So this mother of the cross had to follow these directives of Jesus. You no longer do what you want to do. She had to make a choice to not allow her will 
to act in her resentment. She had to crucify that desire, which is disordered and which brings forth hypocrisy and duplicity in her life. She had to choose to do what is most difficult. So what did she do? The person that acted in a wrong way to her at work, she went and confronted with tenderness, with mercy, with respect, and with love. It was the most difficult thing for her to do. But that was the will of God. And she was obedient to his will. And because of that, because she crucified her disorders, she corrected her impure intentions, the Holy Spirit was able to flow into her work field, into the company where she works, and there was true abridging of understanding, of healing, among her and a fellow co-worker. So we need to ask ourselves tonight, what desires in me need to be crucified? It can be disordered tendencies, such as a desire to separate, a desire like this mother of the cross to act in resentment. A desire to bite. I was very much drawn to the words of St. Paul in Galatians chapter 5 verse 15. And I'm amazed at how much we actually are capable of biting. St. Paul tells the Galatians, if, however, you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. This tendency, many times we do, maybe subconsciously, and the Lord made me aware of it this week. I, I saw how I was able to say something. It was like a little bite that maybe those that were in my presence didn't pick up on it. Yet in my heart, the Holy Spirit convicted me that that remark was a bite because it came from an impure intention. It came from deep-rooted resentment that was still in my heart. And so I had to repent of that. It is the constant daily corrections of our intentions that are not pure. 
we need to ask ourselves, do I need to crucify my desire for comfort, my desire to be applauded, liked, wanted, sought after. And sometimes we too have to crucify desires that are good. Desires that might be very good, but that God has not willed to grant us. And there's many, but I'll mention one. Because it's a desire, since I speak to a lot of women, it's a desire that I hear very much in the feminine heart. And also in the hearts of priests that are very healthy and have gone into deep um, work in their own hearts. And it's the desire for intimacy of heart. Intimacy of heart with Christ and with each other. Intimacy of heart with spouses. And sometimes, if God has not willed yet for us to be able to live that intimacy of heart with our spouse or others we are close to, we have to accept that will and suffer that with Christ. And the third part of this process to correct our impure intentions is repentance before Christ. Again, being transparent and naked and through the sacrament of reconciliation. My dear family, this is interior work that is real and that authentic people do. And because of that, it is very pleasing to God. It is what Father Cantalamesa says in these words. The intention of the will, not an inner feeling, is what makes the difference in God's eyes. This mother of the cross did not necessarily feel any love or any desire to speak to her co-worker. But she acted from the will and she submitted her will to the will of God. That is correcting the impurity of our hearts. Father Cantalamesa goes on to tell us, if hypocrisy consists in making a show of the good that one does not really do, an effective remedy to counter this tendency is to conceal the good that one does 
to favor the hidden gestures that will not be spoiled by any earthly gaze and will keep all their fragrance for God. St. John of the Cross says, God is more pleased by one work, however small, done secretly, without desire that it be known, than a thousand done with desire that men know of them. Jesus persistently recommends this practice. Pray in secret. Fast in secret. Give alms in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Matthew 6, chapter 6, verse 4 through 18. Jesus also says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Matthew 5.16. Father Cantalamesa says, the issue is discerning when it is good for others to see and when it is better that they do not. That discernment can be very difficult. And a discernment we can never make correctly if we are not attentive to our own impurity of heart. If I am not aware that I have the tendency to do things, to receive affirmation from others, I will think I am doing a good work for God, and yet in reality, I am doing it more for myself. As mothers and missionaries of the cross, the hidden life of the work we do in our hearts has to be the most important work of our life. The Lord, in number 39 of our path, on page 139 talks about the martyrdom of the heart. He says, the martyrdom of the heart is the martyrdom of suffering with love and for love. My daughter, if you could only understand the fruit of the martyrdom of suffering, you would desire nothing else on earth. The hidden life of suffering with love, which is Jesus, and for love is a far greater worth than great and small works tainted with human recognition. Believe in the hidden force contained in the martyrdom of the heart. This is the purest fragrance of love that has the power to conquer the enemies of God. 
our hidden sufferings of heart with Christ must be our most important work, our main work, because it is our most fruitful work. And that which is most pleasing to God because of its purity of intention. We need to ask ourselves, has my hidden life of suffering with Christ and for Christ become my joy? Have I come to believe and treasure my interior hidden work? Do I prefer this hidden work above any other exterior work? Anything we do outside, including any ministry, is because our Lord has sent us as he did Moses. We have been reading from the book of Exodus. And I think it was yesterday in chapter 3, verse 10 through 12. It says this. God speaking to Moses. So come, I will send you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? He said, I will be with you. And this shall be the sign for you that it is I who sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God on this mountain. We know the story. God's power and mercy brought the Israelite people out of Egypt. Not Moses. Moses was simply obedient to the will of God. He was God's insignificant vessel so that all glory is God's. John 15, 5. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit because apart from me you can do nothing. We are hypocrites when we desire to take the glory, when we think we did it, when we desire to make it about us, this is an area that we need daily constant correction because how easy it is to try to take one drop that belongs to God for ourselves. And our human hearts constantly desire to do that.
And how beautiful when we can become men and women who see this in ourselves and are willing to correct it. Jesus said to me, live to please me in all things. We have to ask like I have to ask. How do I live to please myself? My good name, my reputation. Am I doing this public work because it is God's will or to make myself important, look good, feel good, admired, wanted, affirmed? You see, the work that we do can also be God's will. But many times where our hypocrisy is, is that it is tainted with our impure intentions. I live authentically who I am when I live knowing that I am nothing and God is all. We might believe this with our minds, yet like Father Canta La Mesa reminds us, we live the lie daily most of the time subconscious of it. And this is hypocrisy. Like Moses, God has chosen each of us and sent us to make all things new, especially a transformed priesthood. And we can each ask, who am I? Who are we, love crucified? Like Moses asked, are we, is this really possible? I can't do this. I'm not worthy enough. That's the truth. The truth is that we are weak and nothing like Moses. Incapable of making anything new, on our own, but by living in God's will, obedient to all his desires and not ours, he will make things and people new through us, with us, and in us, and all the glory is his. The second part of the Lord's teaching to us in number 63 on page 187 says this, you have come to recognize my voice and the promptings of my divine spirit. At times God requires immediate obedience. At others, your obedience is lived as you wait upon the Lord. The latter obedience 
requires greater abandonment and trust and therefore is more pleasing to Abba, our Father. This is a complete dying to moving in your will. The, crucif the crucifixion of our desires, the first nail of union with God on the cross, is directly correlated to obedience. Because living in God's will is being obedient to him. And the process of correcting our intentions is completely united. You, we can't live this purification without the constant correcting the intention of our heart. It's one and together. And Father Ganta La Mesa ends by saying, the worst thing one can do after hearing a, or reading a description of hypocrisy is to use it to judge others and to denounce the hypocrisy around us. And I think we all do that. We immediately think of all the people we know that we see hypocrisy in. Father Cantala Mesa says, it is precisely these people to whom Jesus applies the name of hypocrites. You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Matthew chapter 7, verse 5. And that is exactly the beginning of our path in chapter 2. And finally, Father Gante La Mesa ends by saying this to us. Who can say that they are completely immune from this form of hypocrisy? Of being not a bit like a whitewashed tomb different on the inside from what appears on the outside. Our consolation is that as soon as one says, I have been a hypocrite, one's hypocrisy is overcome. My prayer, my beautiful community, is that each of us can see the beauty of identifying hypocrisy and impure intentions in our own hearts. That we can live this beautiful transparency before God, before our spouses, before our accompaniment, and grow in authenticity that we can be men and women that are truly real. How difficult it is to encounter people more and more in the world that are authentic, that are real. 
My Lord, grant us the grace as your little mustard seed to have pure hearts and to live in the knowledge of our nothingness and the immensity of your power, of your beauty, of your goodness, of your mercy, of your love for us. Amen. Amen.